and um, just on one snowy day, we were just in the house chilling, and she decided that she wanted to share something with me. This friend um, came from a poverty-stricken background, absent father, um, absent parental guidance period and you know again grew up in environments with poverty with uh, out of control sexual impulses um, very sexually deviant behavior um, and also again poverty she took me to a time when she was like 15, 16 and she told me that she had a phone conversation once with her aunt and she was telling her aunt you know how hard it is for her and her uh, parent at the time and um, her aunt suggested to her that she should go out and sell some pussy and sell vagina, right? Prostitute, pretty much. And I missed, my friend told me that she was like, mm. like she looked at the phone like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? And she was like, oh, well, then that, that must be what she's doing, you know, to make ends meet, to survive. Anyways, um, she just dismissed it and kind of felt a little offended that her aunt, her blood aunt, would even say that to her. But she went on, and the poverty got worse. You know, it was, as usual, them not knowing where they're going to live, not having much food in the house, you know, and if it was food, it was gone quickly. You know, it it was just really harsh living conditions. And on top of that, you know, she was a young girl, you know, wanted to look decent, you know, wanted to, um, you know, keep up with the Joneses, you know, not look like she's going through poverty. And um, this wind blew in uh, a crazy idea that she had which was to use the internet um, at the time to find men to sleep with for money and um, you know she became a prostitute I mean you know she put the line out there and the fish was biting. And she would travel all over Brooklyn to go and visit all these different men. And, you know, she would sleep with them. She would do whatever she needed to do to get the money. And it's ironic because... Her favorite song at the time was this Walk Left song um, 
dollar dollar bills y'all whatever the sweetest girl that was her favorite song at that time and um you know doing that kind of work came with a lot of consequences you know um not only physical putting a price on your body but also putting a price on your emotional awareness your intuition um, your intellect you know she paid a major price for selling her soul and each time that she would sell her soul she would block it out more and more. Block it out, block it out, block it out. Didn't want to see what she was really partaking in until about a few months later. Maybe she'd been doing this for like a month, two months. A few months later, um, She'd met a friend, so her that friend, I believe her name was Candy, I think, or she had a regular name, but I should, yeah, we'll get into it. So Candy was very nice to my friend, very nice. I mean, sleeping over at each other's houses, um, even like you know, getting tattoos together. Uh, together, getting nose piercings together, um, again, at each other's houses, meeting each other's families, I mean, like, really good friends, she met her on the internet, too, and, um, you know, they were inseparable, but there was a major difference between my friend and Candy, see, Candy had a stable home. She had married parents who lived on the army base out in Bensonhurst. And for some reason, you know, she just wanted to break out of there, wanted to break out of that environment. (laughs) I blame it on that Aquarius son. But, um, yeah. So, my friend and Candy began to even experiment sexually, you know, on each other. Um, And my friend, unbeknownstly, was becoming more and more emotionally dependent on Candy. But Candy was going through a whole other journey. Right after Candy met my friend, she met an older guy. Um, I believe his name was Pepper, Pep, something like that. And um, he turned her, he put her on to a lifestyle I've never seen before. At least not in my real life. Like I've read about it in hood books and hood movies, you know, like those little. Uh, 
low budget movies or low budget kind of like books like zane and shit like that like i've read about these type of lifestyles but i've never seen it in person and this grown man i mean at least 16 years older than candy at the time he put her on to turning tricks which was crazy because my friend didn't even put her on to turning tricks and my friend was turning tricks. Um, eventually, Candy, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Eventually, she, like, completely relocated to the Bronx to live at another one of Pep's prostitutes' house. Like, this really insane. And she even had a baby. I mean, it was it was a crazy situation. Um, and my friend and Candy would go there, you know. And my friend met Pep a few times, and he would try to, like, push up on her, too. And she was like, no, I got to hear. Because, you know, vibes. So, there was this one time, because apparently this guy was such a huge uh, mover in this, in this field, in this market, that he actually was real cool with some people who owned a club in the city, I think on 34th Street or near 34th Street. And one time, Candy invited my friend to go with her, or to go meet her at the spot. Like, you know, so that that she could just come and see it, because it was daytime. So my friend gets to the spot. Candy's there. You know, they hug, they laugh, ha. And all of a sudden, Pep come out of nowhere. The same nigga that she was dealing with. So he called her. He called Candy to the side and must have asked her something or was telling her something. And Candy comes back to my friend and tells her, like, oh, you could work here too, you know? You know, you could, you know, you could get down too. And my friend was like, nah. (laughs) Nah, that's not for me. But, you know, thank you. And I remember that my friend even asked her, like, well, how do you, like, I don't even understand. Like, how do you even do this? Like, how do you, how do you, like, what about when you have your period? Like, if, if he have you working every day, what about when you got your period? She was like, oh, he taught me to put a baby wipe up my vagina so that it stops the blood when I'm, I'm fucking for money or whatever. And my friend was just dumbfounded, astonished, <laughs> everything in one. And um, right after that, Candy tried to make sexual advances towards my friend. Now, mind you, they only experimented sexually one time. But all of a sudden, Candy wanted to do it again in front of Pep. 
And that was something that my friend just wasn't used to. So they got into like a little argument or whatever at the spot because my friend was like, what's your problem? You know, why Why would you try to like push up on me? Like, (laughs) what the fuck is going on? Like, like, you're doing it for this nigga? Like, no, like this nigga already got you to, to sell your soul. And you not even peeping. I mean, like, my friend told me that this girl Candy was beautiful. Absolutely stunning. I mean, beautiful hair, beautiful skin. A nice Spanish girl. Very, very nice, man. And, you know, watching her go through this shit, it's like she started getting skinny. She started losing her hair. He made her, like, cut her hair. But this girl had long-ass hair down onto her butt. Nigga made her cut her hair. She started wearing, like, ugly types of makeup. Like, I don't know. But anyways, they stopped being friends because Pep convinced Candy that my homegirl, my friend, was a bad influence. (laughs) Yeah, he convinced her to stop talking to my homegirl because... You know, oh, that's a bad influence. She don't want to see you make no money. She's a hater. Which was so ironic because just prior to meeting Candy, my homegirl also was turning tricks. You know? So it's like, how are you saying that she's a bad influence when she never put her onto that? You know what I'm saying? This was somebody who was doing that before she met her and never told her about it and never put her onto it so it's like why would you you know why would you but that's just how the devil works that's how these negative entities work so they stop being friends or whatever but it's just so funny how life how when you do like a reflection on your past how you can begin to see where God brings in people you know, to kind of reflect what you're going through, through them, so that you don't have to get that far. Because eventually, Candy just disappeared. You know, and I always ask, like, you know, how is she? Like, gotta look for her, all kinds of shit. Just disappeared. Don't know. Don't know. You know, and that's That's scary. That's scary. And I think for my friend, thinking about how scary it is to continue to turn tricks. I mean, going into these guys' homes, you know what I mean? All times of night, all times of day. And granted, it wasn't wasn't multiple guys, honestly. It was like the same two guys. Maybe three. But still... You know, it's like, damn, you're just a young lady. You know, you're just a, you're just an innocent youth. Like, that's so sad. <laughs> and I look at my friend today, and I wonder why she is so non-committal. Why she doesn't trust men, but she loves them. She loves them. She really does love them. But she just inside cannot trust men. 
And I think it stems from that absent father wound. You know, having a father that's in and out of your life very sporadically as a young woman makes you have toxic ideologies of the opposite sex of men. Especially when they're like partaking in you selling your soul. You know, because it's like, well, damn, he didn't protect me. And now all these niggas, they're not going to protect me either. They just want what they want and that's it. And my friend, you know, haven't, hasn't done this in years. I mean, she hasn't been in a poverty-stricken situation like that in years. But she literally is like a workaholic, entrepreneur-aholic. Like, she'll do anything. <laughs> anything that is not her selling her soul, she would do that shit. Even if it's multiple business, all, all at once. Just so that she never has to go back down that road again. But then life presented her with a test. (laughs) Life presented her with a test to see if she was willing to go 10 years back in wisdom, in growth, in knowledge, in understanding. Life made her poverty stricken over again but she had elevated so much she didn't even think about that she never once thought about going back but she thought about going back to fixing things. So, you know, when I say fixing things, I mean that if you can't want something in life, keep experiencing blockages when you're trying to get it and then not introspect. Like, well, what am I doing? You know, what is keeping this away from me? What what do I need to heal, you know? Because my friend thought that she healed everything. She thought she healed everything. I mean, abandonment wounds, abusive wounds, emotional abuse, narcissistic abuse, all kinds of abuse. You know, it's like, damn, I thought I healed that. You did. But there was that one last little portion that you buried so deep in your subconscious that you didn't realize that it had been running the show even 10 years later. My friend is me. That is a major part of my life story that I had suppressed for many years. Almost to the point where I didn't even remember. it was so traumatizing so raw so so brutal to even think that the young little me 
would have even had to do anything like that or had to live like that. But then I was chopping it up with someone in my family the other day and they were telling me like, well, you know, these are some of the things that ran through the family. Now I never, I didn't tell this person about me too, but I did share some other stuff. I just didn't want to overburden her with, oh my God, all this shocking ass news. Yeah, that's, that's my life. But um, I felt that God kept calling me to look into the lingering effects of healing my sexual addiction. Because I could be, or at least to me, I'm a very nice person. Like, I'm a wonderful person. But there's always that thing that just follows me around. I never knew what it was. I'm like, why all of my relationships always end up like this? Why is all men the same? Why is this? Why is that? And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to practice what you preach. You talk about accountability. You talk about responsibility shine that light on yourself just just again just do it again maybe you missed something and I feel like for the last couple of days it's like God had been trying to show me like this is what you've been missing this is why you have root chakra blockages because you used your root chakra you abused it you know and never healed it never looked back never never even acknowledge that that was a part of your fucking life journey of course God didn't curse but and um I just kind of spent some time there and I started to piece two and two together it's not that the men that I was with or at least not all of them but the majority of the men that I was with were great, excellent men. I mean, men of great caliber, men with great potential. But they had secrets. But I had secrets. <laughs> I had secrets, and that's why I kept attracting people but secrets, people who love to live in the dark, people who like to hide shit. But I thought that I had become such an open person. I'm like, well, why is it? Oh my goodness. You know, why is it around me? You know, like why, like I'm such an open person. Like, I don't get it. I'm so open, I'm so world, but and I am. However, I was withholding this major secret that I had buried in my subconscious for over 10, I mean, almost even 11 years. Actually, I think I'm even past that. It's been at least, I'll be 28 this year. 13 years. 13 years holding this deep, dark secret. even though, again, I'm I'm not the same woman anymore, obviously I've grown, I've gotten you know uh, closer to God I was born again you know, all this stuff, it it just it didn't 
it didn't it didn't make me skip <laughs> it didn't help me to skip this major part that I needed to see before God brings me into this new bountiful beautiful life you know to be with the love of my life to have my own children to do all these miracles all these beautiful things that I prayed for now that it's coming it's like okay I know you didn't want to close this door I know you barricaded it I know it's, it's all kinds of locks is is freaking the chain lock a slam lock it's a, a padlock it's all kinds of knobs with, with locks on them like I, I know you've tried to barricade this door closed but in order for you to come into this promise in order for you to come into this beautiful life I have for you I need you to open that door and I was afraid to open it because I said well what do I do once it's open something within me just was like just just open it and I stood in the mirror and I looked at myself and I started to think and recall memories from that time recall doing these things just to buy a fucking pack of chicken cutlets you know um just to buy food just to buy clothes you know like do my nails like and I started to cry I mean the tears just (laughs) they wouldn't stop you know because again this had been repressed for so long so buried and um Then I just looked at myself and I said, it's okay. I forgive you. That was the first step for me. Was to look at myself and forgive myself. For not knowing any better. For not listening to that inner knowing allowing people to abuse my body sexually you know immorally degradingly and um, (laughs) and again just crying 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 I felt it in my heart spirit my whole body was shaking and then I finally I heard at least not heard but I felt God's presence just flow throughout my body and I felt like it keeps covering me you know with this presence with this presence and in that time I said this is this was so much easier than I thought it was. 
because it's so much easier to confront this past than I thought it would have been. Now, I know you might say, well, you know, why would you share this? Why would you come out and, and say this? Why would you, because I know I'm not the only one. I have a non-committal issue. And I used to always say, like, oh, no, it's them. No, it, it's them. It's them. You know, all the men that I'm with, they, you know, they just, they're not consistent. They disappear. They do all this crazy shit. And that's something in my spirit was like, well, who started? Who starts? And to take that raw look at myself was like, oh, God. See? <laughs> I really had to look at myself and see, like, damn, from when they pissed me off on the first day, I'm out of there. That's not how you treat people. You know, oh, if you don't, if you, if you don't take me out, if we're not doing nothing, if nothing's happening, if you don't call me in the morning, I had all these standards for my new self. But it was all new, all these uh, standards for my new self based off of my old self. And I didn't realize that I had shut myself down emotionally after my past. I had to. Because if I didn't shut myself down emotionally, I would have never been able to go through it most of the stuff that I went through. Most of the shit that I did, I would have never been able to do it. Especially right now. Like now, like I said, it's, it's almost to the point where I dissociate myself with that part of my past. But I bring it out to the light to heal it, to expose it, to expose myself, to free myself from burden. It's, it was is major. Is major is a heavy hitter, but that's why you know everything connects. All those pieces add up. All those little pieces of the puzzle, they add up. They go together. Even from the seed, the seedings of watching sexually promiscuous women and family, you know, their friends, their friends' friends, my friends. Um, then to, you know, a family member telling me to do this to me actually doing it, to me actually meeting a friend who was doing it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? This is a disgusting cycle. This is disgusting. This is horrible. I have to be brave enough to come out with this and say it. I have to be brave enough to come out and say this so that other women, other women can know you're not alone. You don't have to do this. Now, granted, there's some women, especially today, you know, there's some women who 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 fuck for money and like it's regular. I mean, if anything, fucking for money is like that's like the new thing now. You know, a lot of females don't really realize that having OnlyFans, webcam girls, uh, having these men that they don't really want to be with, take them out to eat take them to buy clothes and shit like that and you know you sleeping with them 
Mm. You're selling your soul because you're going against your higher self by partaking in something so low vibrational. You're selling your soul. Even if you're online, like you're selling pussy. Like we just really need to be honest about this because it, it leads from one thing to another. But this is such a deep buried secret that so many women carry that society has found a way to make this highly sexual society make it look like it's okay, like like it's winning. You know, even some of my favorite song lyrics, I catch myself and it be saying some crazy shit. Like, yeah, I'll let him, I'll, I'll, I'll let him fuck if he buy me something or some shit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I had to catch myself. Like, what the fuck you just said? Now I repeat the part again. I'm like, oh, hell no. I can't listen to this song. No, I don't need this type of shit being planted in my head while I have on headphones. Hell no. No. You know, but that's, that's, that's what a society does when it's out of touch with its people. It just, I don't know, the lower cells get together and make a sin party, a shit party. But all of these things have effects. They all have effects, all of them. There's not one of these things that don't have some type of negative effect. They all do. So if you're listening to this, if you're thinking about it, if you're in a similar situation, just free yourself. Alright, my email is in my bio. Okay, wherever you're listening to this, email me and I'm here to talk to. Alright, I'm here for you. I love you. You're not alone. And I don't have much right now. But I have whatever I have. And whatever I have is whatever you have. You don't have to be alone. Alright, so if you're going through this, please reach out to me. Okay, I do have some resources. I do have some people who have some links with certain jobs and things like that. Please contact me. If you need to go to school, I can help you. (laughs) I can help you set up your shit from school. You should set up your financial aid. I can help you. Please reach out to me. That was shit that I needed. I didn't have anybody to really help me with, you know what I'm saying, on some good vibes. So please reach out to me. To anyone who has listened and are not thinking about this or are not even remotely familiar with it, I ask you not to judge. Not to judge me or anyone else going through this or anyone else who wants to go through this wants to experience this but I ask that if you hear about it if you see it if you have an inkling of it that you say something directly to that person I don't know what you'll be guided to say but say something help them Sometimes people just need a counteractive seed to battle seedlings that were placed in their mind unconsciously. 
right? So you could really save someone when you see certain patterns in behavior. You know, people getting lump sums of money that doesn't it doesn't make any sense. You know, say something, talk to that person, but don't judge. The fifth dimension, we we too old to be judging. That's some that's that's corny. Too old to be judging. Too old to be frowning down your face at other people. Especially when it's good people who do bad things. <laughs> That's actually some of my favorite kind of people. Good people who do bad things. Because at the end of the day, they're nothing to fear. Because they're only going to harm themselves. This was heavy. <laughs> I'm gonna go and meditate. But I love y'all and I thank y'all for listening. I appreciate it. My therapist all over the world. <laughs> I appreciate y'all so much. And I love y'all. Everything is love. Everything is abundant. Everything is God.